السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم جميعا أيها المستمعين والمستمعات Beloved listeners of Radio Islam International Welcome back to Hayatan Tayyiba with myself Malima Shakira Hunter Alhamdulillah on this beautiful Monday afternoon Beloved listeners it has been a beautiful weekend behind us and Alhamdulillah we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Last Saturday I've got, I had a beautiful you know, experience at the Marisburg raise a tea that they had a high tea alhamdulillah was the guest speaker it was such a lovely event you know it was really lovely to see how all the young little children did this more the most beautiful of sketches and subhanallah the time and effort and energy put in by the muallimat and also by the people who attended the respect that they had subhanallah it was really really beautiful i interacted with a few of the ladies and it was something quite interesting subhanallah something of a learning curve for myself and also you know it really explained to me that every one of us out there, you know, we are all trying to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in some form. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept their efforts, may Allah bless their initiatives and every madrasa that is out there, you know, wherever it may be, every madrasa, we, you know, you, you travel the length and breadth of the country and you always find that every area has their madrasa, has their mu'allimat, has their teachers and they're all trying everything they can to let their madrasas run, to work at the most the optimum, to give their teachers and their children the best that they can, subhanAllah. May Allah bless you all for these initiatives and for also, subhanAllah, you know, taking so much of care of the, the, the deen of our, our our communities, alhamdulillah. So it was really something fascinating to see the little the tea parties that were put out, the questions, the quizzes, mashallah, may Allah subhanAllah accept. And then Allah blessed us to go away for a little break and alhamdulillah, we enjoyed ourselves with family. It was it was something of, you know, you think to yourself, why do I need a break? And then when you just take time out and you're with your family, this is my first uh, trip. Uh, was my entire family, um, you know, after since being back from South America, and just quite lovely just to be with everyone, and you know, the, the, the usual everybody cooking together and eating together, subhanAllah, and relaxing together and having the pool fights and the pool arguments, subhanAllah, was really, really lovely. May Allah subhanAllah grant us all time out with our families, and I know most of us are fatigued, we're coming to the end of the year, and it can be that you're reaching that point where it's just, you know, you're hitting burner point, but inshallah, we just keep making dua that Allah Alhamdulillah grants you that ability to rest and find that those moments of enjoyment and something that was so heartwarming for me was watching my son interact with his family he was over the moon he could not sleep for the two days that we were there because you know for him it was like oh my word I have my cousins in the same place I have everybody in the same place it was so so amazing so subhanAllah you know these are little ni'mah that we thank Allah subhanAllah for so today in the show Alhamdulillah, we are going to be speaking about the challenges faced by step families and later on in the show I am going to be joined by Sister Elsa and we are going to be looking in detail at, at this uh, topic but for now we want to you know focus on it from a, from a Muslim perspective so in Muslim communities you know we know that uh, normally you know when we think of, of, of blended families it would be people who are getting married to each other but there wouldn't be no children involved usually it would be somebody who was married before or a, a, a man who was married before and a lady was married before or one of them might not have been married before but now what is very very common is that maybe two divorces who have children they are now getting married to each other and they are creating these blended and very unique families where it's sort of like I mean, he has his children she has her children and now how do you bring this all together how do you merge this together subhanallah and there are quite a lot of challenges that they face and sister Elsa will also explain to us why step families are such an important topic for us to be discussing and in our communities for us to change our mind frame as well. Now, 
The important thing that we have to understand is that when a family loses, whether it is through divorce or whether it's through uh, the death of a, of a spouse, when they lose one key family member, like a mom or a dad, subhanAllah, it is imperative that they have another one so that the function of that family can grow. Oftentimes, people don't choose through this, and that is their choice completely. Allah has made it compulsory. But the children sometimes, they feel it. They want to have somebody who's there for them. They want to have a husband or they want, they want to have a father, sorry, or a mother, if they, if, and they want that role that those parents bring. But obviously, it comes with a lot of challenges and tests at the same time. Before you even become a blended family, or even before there is the stepchildren or step families involved, the first challenge is that many circles of society frown upon this. And because women have their so, so little resources for divorced women, so what happens is in, 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 people are very judgmental when a woman wants to remarry, and people don't want to support divorce and oftentimes subhanAllah the children get caught up in the middle of it all. Now when you, you know, first of all you're dealing with a divorce or you're dealing with the death of a loved one. So that is extremely difficult. And then subhanAllah, you know what happens is now you have to deal with the fact that you have these children, you want to support them, you want to look after them, you might not be able to do so financially, you might not be able to do so emotionally on your own. So in the time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, remarriage wasn't something that was uncommon. If you look at Khadija radiallahu anha, she remarried Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, like that was her third marriage when she married to him and she proposed to him to a friend. So although, you know, we, we look down at these things, but we have to understand that there are certain things, that certain tips and certain important information that can allow us to move into this, uh, into this next chapter of our lives in a more calmer and, um, inshallah, a more wholesome way that looks after the families. The first thing and the most important thing is having an open door communication. You know, when you have an open door communication, what is your focus? Your focus is first and foremost that you are making sure that all ears are willing to listen and learn. You know, sometimes each spouse will bring, will bring their emotional baggage, but you will learn to trust each other as as soon as you start building this tool tool of communicating with each other. So if you discuss how are the children going to play a role in the new family dynamics, you set aside time each day to speak to your spouse. And you know, you make this sort of promise to each other that we will communicate about what's going on, what's happening, what's right, what's wrong. And then subhanAllah, I think an important thing is approach family decisions through an Islamic perspective. As Muslims, what happens to us is that we all believe that, you know, we when 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 we when we bring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala into any equation, that in, that equation has barakah into it. So you have to keep Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the center of it. So when we look at marriage, we often look at it as a romanticized, you know, notion. We look at it as something as, I, I have to get married because I'm lonely. I have to get married because I want to have children. I get married because I need financial stability. But when you purify your intentions and you marriage and you parent for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it completely, completely changes things. There's, you know, there's a beautiful article that I read recently. I think it was in Muslim Matters, where Olivia Munich, she describes, you know, the role of the step-parent. And she says, it's a threefold role. Having a relationship with your spouse, having a, a, a relationship with your stepchild or stepchildren, and your spouse's ex. So there's no right way to approach becoming a stepparent. But she says that there are some hard truths that you have to swallow if you want to bring and you want to have that joy. And what do you have to do? You have to make istikhara. You have to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide you in every single decision that you make. Because there is that element of 
injustice. You know, you can go into every decision and you are with your husband, you're making those decisions, but there's a very, very, very massive possibility that you prefer your own your own children over a stepchild, or you can, you know, take sides. And because of that, because that adil, because of justice is such an important factor, what you have to do is you have to always make dua, make dua, make dua. And subhanAllah, you are raising children, you are remarrying and raising children that are not your own children. So this is a huge amana, it is a responsibility. So all the time you have to seek clarity from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are ibadah. So as you are, you know, entering this trifactor, you have to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you the clarity of what is best for you, what is best for your children, what is best for the new children as well, right? And then subhanAllah, scheduling family time is important. Why is this important? It's because as a, you know, when you were part of a previous family, you might have had rituals, you might have had opportunities that you would, you know, different kinds of um, activities that you did together. Now when you schedule new ones, you are creating different opportunities for the family to bond. So for example, if you want to make ta'aleem together in your home, read from a kitab, read Quran together, have, uh, uh, most people have supper together. But subhanAllah, when you start implementing this, that we all are going to get together this time and do something Islamic. So it helps you bond away from the fact that we are all different, we are all not related, we are all, all don't come from the same, um, you know, uh, 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 mother and father. So then we come to an important Important one, and I think as a as the role of a parent here is quite important because remember the role always is focused on the children, but supporting your spouse is important because you have to create this pact that the concerns of each family will be put together. First and foremost, by you supporting each other. You're going to look after those children as an amana to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as a different form of ibadah. So if you kind of look at it from the point of view that, you know, you are, when you give charity to someone, you think, oh, this is a really lovely initiative, I'm going to give charity. But this is sadaqah that you are giving every day. So this is something that, an, an, uh, an act of ibadah that you are doing, you are looking after these children. So you now have to t- ask yourself, am I supporting my spouse when he's doing this? Is he supporting me when I undertaking this right and especially doing this in front of the children is quite important because it sets the tone at home so this obviously brings us to the next point which is modeling respectful behavior and a lot of times when you come into a new setting because there's no blood because there's no history there's no experience shared so the the tone that we speak to each other the respect that we have for each other is diminished so in 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 our new circle in our new home the discussion of how to respect each other and then when you are disciplining subhanallah i think this is such an incredible one and i, I think this is irrespective of whether you are, have stepchildren or whether this is a blended family or a normal you know the family that we, we refer to as a normal family but discipline should be done with respect and subhanallah it's important for us to look at each child and understand that if i if that is whether it's my biological children whether it's my stepchildren how i speak is quite important how i i respond is incredibly important and also to bear in mind the ages of the children a lot of times there's this comparison that happens you know and you you tend to start looking at that you oh look at her she's carrying on and my child doesn't do this at all why does she do this and subhanallah when you start putting into perspective that's a 10 year old that's a 16 year old that's a four year old that's a two year old 
And then it brings us to our most important part, and that is apologizing. We have to prepare for mistakes. Mistakes are going to happen. This is not a situation where we can say to ourselves, it's going to be perfect. We will be that perfect family. No. Every single family, as you undertake this new um, journey, it's going to be marred with mistakes. So saying sorry when you mess up is quite important. And you, in your home, you have to practice apologizing. And there's a, you know, we always discuss that beautiful hadith when Nabi Sallallahu regarded that man as one of the people of Jannah and simply because before he would always clean his heart and apologize and forgive people, you know, and subhanAllah, forgiving people. So we have to teach our children this important, and this is incredibly so for when you are living in a family where because there is no blood that is keeping you together, sometimes, you know, when it's, when it's your, your own blood, you tend to just forgive and forget. But a lot of times when you are in a blended family, what happens is that that the apology doesn't come out in that moment and then and the forgiveness doesn't come out and it gets it festers and festers and festers so it's you know when you are in those moments where you decide i will make that decision and i will teach my children and my stepchildren i will learn to do it as well that we constantly find ourselves apologizing at the end of the day and emptying our hearts from any kind of bad feelings to each other and then subhanallah we have to be mindful of stress and anxiety depression trauma because, you know, at that time, if, it, if, it, if you are marrying into a family where the child lost her, her father or her mother, you must understand that there is going to be some kind of instability. So you have to create a home that is stable. There is a support structure there. You cannot externalize it onto the children that they must be the ones who are well-behaved. They are the ones who are taking care of each other. No, you as a parent have to understand that they've been through trauma. And I, and I always, you know, say a lot, a lot of times that we regard as losing a fa- losing a, a, a father or losing a mother and you know the difficulty a child goes through but going through a divorce sometimes the children feel even worse so because there is that feelings of the mixed feelings of anxiety as well as the difficulty of coming to terms with the fact that my parent chose not to be around me subhanallah which is difficult and then you know allowing children to be children you know we know that family blended families is joint effort we've got parents we've got step parents we have to work around the children but at the same time you know you you have to create this atmosphere of love and care but you have to allow children to be children it's not the child's job to be accommodating to us it's not the child's job to be the the, the super intelligent the emotional intelligent person and then i think one important thing is that before you go into this marriage and you know i think um Stelsa will discuss this in details. Consider premarital counseling and how that impacts the, the marriage itself. And then, you know, when you understand that each person, you know, when you when you are making massive changes in your life, understand that these changes are going to impact your mental well-being, it's going to impact your physical well-being. So you have to take that into consideration and reach out to people. Speak to people who have gone through this before, people who have, and also, you know, you speak to them, you take advice from them, but you don't allow that to be, you know, the most important uh, uh, or the the cornerstone of the way you parent. You have to understand that everybody's experience in this blended family and his new kind of living will be different. So each one of us, when you're going through this, any one of you out there who's going through this, define what is family for that for your family. Now, it might not be the same to another family. It might not be, you know, it, not, it might not be what you would think it is, but define it. And at the core of it, what is important to you? What is, and ask each family member, what is the most important part of, to, uh, of 
this family? Why are we together? And a lot of times, you know, a lot of times people say to you, you should love them equally. And that takes work. That doesn't just happen overnight. So when we look at, you know, blended families, each one has its unique challenges and its opportunities. So as Muslims, we need to draw upon the sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So subhanAllah, blended families, you know, come with their unique challenges, their opportunities. And as Muslims, we need to draw upon the prophetic sunnah of Nabi Wasallam for helping people and embracing different kinds of families. And when we look at his life, subhanAllah, you know, he was married to different kinds of women. And each one of them, you know, had children, some didn't have children. And each model was different for us. So we are, you know, you're working hard to create strong marriages. But you also have to create this understanding that sometimes it might not work out. Sometimes there's, you know, there's... There is the there is the reality that if it doesn't work out, what can we do? How can we build them? How can we develop the family? How can we ensure that you know that the, the challenges that we face is that we are willing to face these real life problems together and so we would like to you know look at it as uh you, you know there's an ideal world where two people get married and and a lot of times we just leave it at that we judge people because they've got married gotten married to each other but we don't take into consideration that you have to make parenting changes before you marry you the way you were parenting your children previously might not be the same right now your new partner and you are going to be parenting these children so you have to make necessary adjustments even before you decide to remarry this is an important discussion to be had why because it makes a smoother transition for the children and your children and your your, your children now are used to you for so many years you know parenting in a certain way and suddenly they see you parenting differently they can get angry they cannot you know react to this change in a positive way so you have to now ensure that you are slowly building them up to that you're discussing this with your, your new spouse so that the parenting is done in a, in a correct manner and then, subhanAllah, you know, sometimes you get to this situation where you get to this ultimatum, where your kids or your new partner, they put you in this situation where you have, you feel now that you must choose between them. But you need to ensure that you do not allow for these ultimatums. You have to remind them that you want both sets of people in your life. You want your new spouse in your life and you want your children in your life equally. And this, you know, when you insist on this, you insist on this respect and this treating each other with respect, it allows you to first and foremost find a new way to live but it also helps you to limit your expectations you know a lot of times when you go into a new marriage you give a lot of your love your energy your affection to your new partner's children and it might be that they don't return it immediately and we are going to really talk about this you know when we speak to Sasa later on but think of it as don't think of it as I do so much for them and they don't give me what I need back just think of it as making small investments that one day, you know, might, you know, inshallah, inshallah, lead back to giving you some benefit. But I think more to do it with the intention of, Ya Allah, I'm doing this for you. And not, I'm not doing this to please my partner. I'm not doing this to please the children. I'm not doing this because I want any kind of, uh, you know, uh, compliments or any kind of feedback from the children. So when you now you know you when you when you turn your mind frame around focus on the fact that these are children i children want to feel safe they want to feel secure they want to feel loved so kids like to see and they like to feel your affection so it might be something that you have to do gradually but it should be something that you you, you incorporate into the home make your children feel valued and a lot of times when when to a, a spouse is getting married to another spouse 
what happens is the children feel like, oh, I don't matter anymore. I don't feel like I'm part of this. My mom used to need me and now she doesn't need me anymore. So make them feel valued. And also, when you make a child feel emotionally connected and heard, take the time to, to listen to each one of them, especially with teenagers. Once you understand that they need to feel appreciated and encouraged, at the same time, they need those boundaries and those limits. So children, you know, they think they don't need limits, but you have to understand that once they la- they have a lack of boundaries, it, sell- it sends a signal to the child that, oh, I'm unworthy of my parents' t- a time. If you leave the child to, to, you know, constantly neglected and not, and not um, you know, you don't look after your child, the child feels that my parents' time and attention is something that I have to compete for, I'm not worthy of. So as a parent, especially as a step-parent, don't, you know, enforce it, don't push it, but start slowly by setting these, setting these limits and these boundaries as well. And, you know, the, I think the most important thing in any home, whether it comes to our children, whether it comes to it, it's, it's imperative that we have for routines. When you create family routines and these rituals, what it does is allows you as a whole family to know what to expect. And it, move, it removes that element of stress and I don't know what's going to happen next. What happens if I do this? And will, will something happen if I do that? Well, if I if I go to the pantry and I just help myself, will something happen? Create routines every day. Okay. Okay, we take stuff out of the pantry at this time. We, you know, we eat at this time. We can have snacks at that time. And all it does is it creates that, that. It helps the children to adjust to know. Okay, I can be myself, and I can understand that my emotional, physical, mental, all my needs will, inshallah, be assisted and will, inshallah, be seen to by my new family. Now, listeners, we are discussing step families and blended families and, you know, adjusting to this process. And inshallah, we're going to take a short ad break. And when we get back, we will be chatting to Sister Elsa. Jazakallah khair for joining me. We'll chat after the break. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum jami'an ayyuhun mustami'in wa mustami'at. Kareba listeners of Radio Islam International, welcome back to Hayatun Tayyibah with myself, Malima Shakira Hadja. And welcome to this lovely Monday afternoon, alhamdulillah. We are looking at something quite beautiful today. And as always, our goal is to unlearn and inshallah to develop our mindsets and our education so that we react in different ways and we break stereotypes from the past. Today we're discussing step families and the many, many issues that they could be facing long term. And we are joined on the line by Sister Elsa Duplicis Fasten. She's the director at Remind Coaching. Uh, uh, Sister Elsa, welcome to Radio Islam International and thank you for your time this afternoon. Thank you very much for inviting me to, to this afternoon's interview. Um, thank you for choosing this topic. This is such a valuable topic and I think there's such a big need to um, educate and upskill our listeners on this topic. Yes, definitely. And whenever we choose education and qualification, you know, uh, you have been blessed to work in so many different uh, aspects of the culture, as a relationship coach, as a scholar, and a student coach. You also are a commensal registered master life coach. You worked as a master as a master NLP and quantum linguistics practitioner. So I see that you have a passion for step families and soon to be step families. And I love that, you know, where you assist people prior to the, the big change. So can you tell us a little bit what, what, what brought about this passion? Um, thank you for that question. I think to be honest with you, with everyone, my passion for step families and seem to be step families was born out of my own heartache and our own rude awakening um, in this process. I myself is part of a step family. Um, so, and once we started um, encountering all the, the, 
the difficulties and the, the dynamics in step families and I started reaching out to, to the support, I realized that there's no support for this. And, and it's because of that that I actually went and I studied under Family Life in America for my, for my certification then as a step family therapist. Um, especially for this because my passion was born, like I said, out of the heartache. And I always tell people, I don't want anybody else to experience um, the same, um, should I say, rude awakening that we experienced a mere eight weeks after getting married because we were not prepared for those dynamics and the challenges that step families entail. Mm. And you know, the thing is that... You look at social media, a lot of times people are terrified to, to make that step or to, you know, to actually take that uh, responsibility on because you feel like, I don't have kids, how am I going to interact with or tell them that I not be there? And this, you know, this fear of being a step-parent, really, really, we, uh, we can understand that it comes from different aspects. But in your opinion, where does it stem from? <laughs> yeah, that's a, a very good and a, a very funny question because I think it stems from all the animations that we as ladies tend to watch when we when we were small. And in all the animated videos we saw about Cinderella and all those other ones, it was always the, the, the stepmother that was portrayed as the evil stepmom. There was never an image in social media that, that portrayed the stepfather as this wicked person. So, and it's based on that that we are so afraid of moving into this position of being a step-parent or step-mother. Um, but actually, even the step-fathers experience the same um, fear for, for being a step-parent. Mm. That's so true. And you, and you can see, you know, the storybooks in our media, in our in movies, the children are, are, you know, are taking in. Everything is just moving in this direction of breaking up families. And the reality is that these families that are merging together are on the rise. So we have to help and we have to pull them up. So I want to ask, you know, so how, how do we now, first and foremost, how do we remove the stigma? What can we do as a society to help them change this mindset? So, first of all, it's obviously by um, equipping our listeners and our um, our community with, with the knowledge to, to let them understand that this, this, the challenges that a step family will experience is not the same as a biological family. Um, because in a biological or nuclear family, as we call it, the strongest bond in that relationship is the bond between the mom and the dad. But in a step family, the weakest bond is the bond between the, the mom or the step parents and the children. And the reason for this is because the, the children actually precedes this wedding. So, um, and they've got, the kids are coming from uh, past either uh, a parent that's passed away, deceased parents, or uh, uh, divorced parents. So the kids come into a step family with already a lot of loss. And, and it's by first, like, like I said, it's by equipping and upskilling our people to say, but these are the challenges, these are the expectations, and these are the, the, the experiences that the kids have gone through when, they, when their parents got divorced. 
Mm. And that's why, you know, I'm so grateful that you are here today to speak about this because, you know, recently I was speaking to a lady who went through divorce and she, she, she highlighted to me that, you know, she wants to learn, she wants to create a, a, a new life for herself. But there is that fear, isn't there, that what happens to my children and people don't want to, like, in a new marriage, will they get equal voice, will they, their, their history, will they appear prior to this marriage, will it also be, you know, incorporated and will they get that respect for it? So it's really, I'm really grateful for that. So I want to ask you, when it comes to our step-heads, right, um, you sometimes see like an outsider. So let's look at from the, the step-heads perspective first of all. What advice do you have for them? Why is it that they are feeling right this way and what can they do to remove that? Yeah, um, you know what, that feeling of feeling like the outsider or being a fly on the wall, when I myself experienced that, I thought that there was something wrong with me or that my mindset was not cor um, correct or set up correctly. But once I started reaching out to, to blended families and I started reading and I encountered this, and I mean, this was the second chapter in the book of the smart step family or smart stepmom. And it said, do you feel like you want to run away? You feel like the outsider. And once we realize that that feeling is actually normal, and first we need to understand, but why do I feel like the outsider as step parent when the kids come to visit their biological parent? Well, first of all, we need to understand from the children's point of view that these kids obviously have a bond of trust and love with their biological parents. We as a step-parent do not um, necessarily have the, the trust bond in the beginning. And therefore, our kids will only share with their biological parents because that's where they feel safe. And because they only talk to their biological parents, we as the step-parents feel like the outsider because we feel they don't talk to us, they don't include us in any conversations. But if you put yourself in the child's um, shoes, you understand where this is coming from. And when you have this perspective and this insight, it gives us a lot more grace as well towards the, the step-children in that sense. Mm. And then if you look at it now from the side of the children, oftentimes what happens is that they feel like um, they don't want to, you know, take advice from you as, as a step parent because you don't have that place in their life. And as a stepmother also you feel like, you know what, there are certain boundaries that I cannot share, I cannot, you know, step, overstep that boundaries. But there, there has to come a point where the, where the family merges, where the mother's role starts to merge, the father's role starts to merge, and the children start to take it as their own. So here, obviously, the professional health has to step in. So why do you think it's so important for the professional health, and especially since you yourself went out speed training in this field? You know why it's important? It's, it's really important because if we understand, um, the, we, I call it the common pitfalls that step families will encounter. If you know, for example, if you're going to a war, you know you need to take your rifle, you know you need to take ammunition. Mm. And the same is with that for step family. If you know I'm going to become part of a step family, what are the challenges that we're going to expect? How are the children experience, going to experience this? And what are the, the reactions that I might experience from the children? If you, if you're already prepared for that, then when that, um, should I say, pitfall comes, then you already know how to handle that. And, and that's the, the key point here, is by being prepared for when the, the, the pitfall does come. Because we need to understand, and, and you said it clearly now, that at some point this family needs to start um, blending or... or starting to function as a normal biological family. Mm -hmm. And if we t think 
If you had to ask the listeners, how long do they think it actually takes for a step family to become functional? Most people say, well, within a year. No, it takes about five to seven years for step family to start functioning sort of normal. Mm -hmm. And that all depends on the dynamics. Is there still a divorce carrying on? How much trauma did the kids experience from the divorce? Um, are there there's still um, tension and conflict between the, the, the uh, previous partners or spouses? Mm. Um, the age of the children, and then obviously not just that, but the birth order change. For example, if I have only one child and she's a, my daughter, and now I get married to um, my husband and he has a daughter as well, which were the youngest, and he had an older son, which was the oldest, now suddenly his daughter is becoming the middle child. So, and the birth order change also has a main, tremendous effect on the children. And we, if we're not prepared, and if we don't understand that, it brings, I always say, it's, it's a really rude, a rude awakening. And I always joke, and I, and I do tell couples, you know what, for step families, there is definitely a honeymoon phase. But it only comes at the end of the journey, after you've worked through all the pitfalls, and after you've grown, because that is one thing that a step family will do. It will challenge you to grow and to take every opportunity or any circumstances and ask yourself, what can I learn from this and how do I grow through this? Thank you so much, Leslie. I want you to ask, you know, just refocus you a little bit. Sometimes you have this sort of understanding of the community that if you are a step-parent and you are complaining of the situation, you come across as petty. And, you you know, people obviously, they sometimes minimize what you are going through. And it's always, you know, the, hi the highlight and the focus is on the children and the, the family that you've married in. So do you feel that a lot of times as a society we don't listen to the, the new, the stepmom or the stepdad? Sorry, just repeat that. I said, do you feel as a society that you know what happens? Our focus is so much on what is happening to the children that we sometimes minimize what is happening to the step parents. Um, I agree with you there. If I, only once I realized that what I was going through was normal, then I, and I, as I'm working with the couples as well, it comes up time and time and again that we are so focused um, on the children that we don't understand our own feelings as the state parent. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the key here. You also need to understand what you are going through. And sometimes the, the circumstances in a state family they are just triggers of past responses that you had to either your previous marriage or the relationship that you were in. Um, but again, yeah, you need to understand where the feelings that you have is coming from. And that's where professional help can really guide you through the process and help you to grow. And so when it comes to messy divorces, for example, so oftentimes the children tend to lash out because of the messy divorce. And then what happens is the, the, the step-parents are becoming the, the I, I would say the person who, you know, either they use as a confidant or they use to manipulate in this kind of situation. How does the, the step-parent stay away and, you know, keep those boundaries of not interfering into the, the relationship between the children and the, and the parents? So um, that is a critical point that you raised now. Um, again, for the, the step parent, it's very, very important to keep um, discuss the boundaries with a husband or a partner. 
and to make sure that the, the, the two adults are on the same page. Because most of the times when the kids do see that they can come between the biological parents and the step-parent, they will manipulate that situation. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really, really important to understand your boundaries. And I always, even last night, I had a call from a client and she asked me, should I phone my husband's ex-wife? And I always tell people, you know what, I can give you advice, but my advice does not come with accountability. Mm -hmm. I always tell the people, a good decision is a decision that you can live with the consequences. If you want to get involved with a fight between the kids and the the ex-spouse, you must be willing to accept the consequences that goes with that decision. If you're not willing to, then you know it's not a good decision to get involved. So that's always the um, the rule of thumbs that I use and that I guide the clients on. And so and it's really you know an important way of looking at it. And and so you know just to end off a little bit, what advice would you give to parents? And you know especially when they when when you want to get married, you want to re, you know ha, get have a new family, you want to rebuild, and you get people saying to you that no, I don't want to get married if the father, mother is involved or the father is not involved. And it's really a hard sore because the children still need their parents. So what advice do you have for them just as we end? So first of all, you know what. Um, None of us got married with the idea of ever getting divorced. That was not in our plans, but life happens. And when you end up in a situation where one or both partners choose against the other, you cannot force that partner again. So, and therefore that causes a lot of heartache and and hurt and loss for the kids. But when you do move into a second marriage and you get the skills to, to equip you, and not just you, even the kids, Get the kids involved. Ask how they would feel about a new um, adult in the home. Um, the advice I could give the adults is we have a, a chance of restoring the next generation and the generation after that. We can show our kids that even after a divorce, there is, there is hope. Hope is always there. And we can show them that by working through the heartaches in life, you can come out on the other side. And... Um, so just for the parents, I think really letting go of um, our own unrealistic expectations of how a new step family is going to be. Mm-hmm. It will be nothing like your previous marriage. Nothing. Um, and I, I joke and I say, step family life, it's a walk in the park. But it's Jurassic Park. And and the thing is, you know, it's just understanding that. And it's going to be difficult. So that is why, you know, as a family, you're healing and healing in different dimensions. What is you and your spouse and then the spouse today with your children and you with with his children. And so when you accept that, you understand it's going to be coming at you in every direction. But you must be able to understand and accept that everyone is learning, everyone is living together. So to Elsa, you're doing such amazing, amazing work. And I'm so grateful for the time that you've given us today. Thank you so much and may you be blessed in all that you do. Thank you so much. And to all the listeners, please, if you're ever considering getting into a next relationship or marriage and this kid's involved, reach out, get, get yourself equipped with as much as possible knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, be prepared and remember that um, it's, it's, it's not an easy road. And I always say marriage is the place where we grow up. 
that's why we're getting married. Your partner shows you many times your own weaknesses. Mm. So just be prepared and be gather as much information as you can. If you don't um, know who to reach, uh, well, where, where to find information, there's a lot of podcasts available for blended families. Um, they can reach out to me for online sessions, for support. I work through a seven-week program with them to prepare them for the step family. Um, and even if you are married already, um, you're more than welcome to reach out should you need any information or assistance. Thank you so much, Estelle. Have a blessed day, and we'll speak again soon. Thanks, eh? Thank Bye. you so much. Uh, be blessed to all the listeners and you, to you, yeah, you too. Okay, thanks, eh? Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Uh, beloved listeners, we have been chatting to Sister Alfred and Mrs. Benson and we've been looking at this understanding of the Skett family and we shall all take a short ad break and when we get back we'll continue with the discussion. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.